Hi, Janina. Big news today. Big news, or kind of lack of news. The big news is we won't be going to Barcelona this, yeah. this year for for Mobile Congress. Yes. Are you disappointed? Think of all those people we won't be going around and interviewing. <laughs> yes, I at the moment I'm a bit disappointed because I was looking forward to a lot of stuff that uh, we were planning to do there and uh, lots of stuff that we knew what ha- was happening and uh, lots of fun stuff, lots of meeting people, colleagues from all over the world. And uh, but so I, at the moment I'm sad, but it's going up and down. Yes, <laughs> you are more down. you're in more up a mood <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Looking forward to some sport love. No, <laughs> some sport love. Yeah, maybe that. That's uh, that's um, sporting holiday. Yeah, we Sweden. have that at the same time as the Mobile World Congress uh, usually yeah, happens. So half the company goes off to to Barcelona to work, and the other half in Sweden goes off to the mountains to ski. Yes. Or the Alps, or wherever. Yeah, and I guess uh, it's going to be crowded in the Alps. But, <laughs> but maybe we should explain for the people that don't follow the news every day, or don't follow closely what what Ericsson is doing. Lunchtime today, we got we got kind of called into a meeting to hear that uh, because of the, uh, the the risk from coronavirus, uh, Ericsson's decided to pull out of Mobile World Congress, which is the industry's one of the biggest uh, trade shows in the mobile industry. Uh, so we're not going to be there. Um, yeah, and, uh, and that is that is huge because we. There's lots of people in in been doing lots of work to get yeah. ready for it since. Basically, since before the summer. Yeah, summer of last year. So I have um, colleagues who've been working all the way from there. Yeah. On this so normally project. we have hundreds of people there and get thousands of visitors through the door. Have lots of interesting discussions. Talk about all the new stuff. Mm. Six thousand uh, square meters of demos. Yeah, so it's a bit so it's a big thing for us to not be there, yeah. and we're going to have to find new ways to talk to you about the things that we're doing, like we are now. Mm. Well, I think the podcast is not cancelled, though, Paul. Uh, right. I think we might do a podcast, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we're going to be following what's happening in Barcelona. Yes, uh, pretty closely, giving a little bit of commentary, talking to some people. I think so. We uh, the one thing we can say is that we should be a bit more straightforward to find Ericsson people with time to talk to us. Yeah. Might be a good a good thing happening out of this, uh, though. N- probably they have to be in Sweden. They have to stay in Sweden. Grounded. Mm. Grounded now. We also had uh, another event that we were gonna we were gonna have Christine Luby from the Road to Barcelona podcast here today, talking about their the new road podcast. To Barcelona. <laughs> yes, the Road <coughs> to Barcelona, which is now cancelled because there will be no Ericsson. Road yep. to Barcelona. So, so we're now have a podcast called Road Closed. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so if you saw that uh, podcast pop up on our feed, I'm afraid that has been cancelled from now. But mm. we'll get back to that if it ever happens again. I thought it was like a really, really good little feature. And I thought we'd do something about it at Barcelona. But uh, not now. We're changing our plans, but we still have some topic to talk about this time, though. Exciting stuff. We're going to talk about how you actually make 5G happen. The yeah. real stuff. <laughs> the real stuff. The not, real, not the the, real, real not stuff. Not all the fuzzy theory stuff, <laughs> but, but what happens when, you know, how do I, 
and uh, what happens on the mast? Where do I put things yeah. in the street? Mm. Uh, so the this touchy feely uh, hard. The actually, hardware. the actually hardware. Yes, this. I guess this is an episode for people working for uh, mobile service providers who will actually do the actual putting stuff out there. But it could oh. also be interesting for you who sees things happening on and then antennas. You these, then you have these <laughs> things called, called tower companies as well. So it's probably interesting for them as well. Oh, for those people too. Tower companies. They are probably very busy now, right now. They are the ones who are actually putting stuff up in the antenna yeah, masts. Um, uh, not too sure. Perhaps it's both. Perhaps both. But but they but uh, in in many countries, you have the the the, the towers that the antennas and all that stuff go on, or mm -hmm. the sites are owned or or managed through a third party company, so that the mobile operator doesn't need to go around and make agreements all the buildings somebody else does that for them and they and then they just go and say well i need a building kind of in this area and they say well I've, we could give you one here um and, uh, and of course every site needs to have a needs to have a backhaul connection so you need either a fiber or a microwave link that goes there and uh, you need to have power supply that's, in, that's sufficient for, for putting this stuff up there. You need to have a tower that's big enough and strong enough for the antennas you want to put onto it. So lots of practical, get your hands dirty stuff that needs to be sorted out. And I think we're going to learn much more about it now. So let's uh, invite our guests into and the studio. Or and. Let's talk sight. <laughs> and or. <laughs> Let's talk about 5G sites. Let's talk about sight, <laughs> 5G sites. So, we have now on the phone from North America, from Plano, Texas, Shashi Pemaraju. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Good Hi. morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Yes, we're that in different time zones here. Inter intermediate time zone <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah. You are the Director of Customer Solutions for Site Solutions and Radio in North America for Ericsson. And you are here now via video link so we can see you at least that's good hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> good to see you shashi and here in the studio in shista we have martin Högberg. you are ericsson's head of site solutions welcome lovely to be here yes Thank you. <laughs> nice to see you and, and and of course what we're going to talk about today yes. is site yes and uh now we're talking in the podcast a lot about 5G solutions, what you know, di different spectrum, different radios, uh, processing, and all the stuff around using 5G for industries. Um, but today, I think we the focus is like, where are we going to put it? Yeah, what is going to happen out there? Because when we started this podcast, not a lot had happened. But then we started getting pictures of uh, like radio towers and stuff happening on rooftops. And I remember you, Paul. You were actually commenting on. Oh, we had a very nice photo of, of uh, here's a rooftop in, in I think in London. I think yes. it was. The, and uh, these are guys all uh, up there on the rooftop in their yellow jackets, 
doing mm. the stuff. It is this 5G. Um, you know, could have been. It, yeah. Could have been. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, it probably was 5G, yeah. I think, if, if I remember right. It was one of those uh, square panel Massimimo radios. Yeah. Could have been 5G. Could have Absolutely. been 4G. Most probably. Mm. And now we're going to learn more. But we're starting off with Shashi. Yeah. Shashi, you yeah. are the guy who's in the field. What's happening yeah. out there? Oh, we are in exciting times here. In North America, we are one of the leading uh, ma markets for 5G deployment. And there's a lot of action here. And uh, uh, with uh, with a lot of action comes a lot of challenges as well. And I think some of it uh, we'll cover today in this podcast. Uh, but we are in really exciting times in North America as far as 5G is concerned. Across all the operators, we have launched 5G in one shape or the other. And uh, that deployment is uh, rapidly ramping up as we speak. Mm -hmm. So you have you are working uh, to customers with trying to get the stuff out on site. So this yes. is, a, of course, a very important topic for the service providers. What? But, but it's also for other people. I mean, the building owners uh, or possibly the ones the that are tower companies, tower yeah. companies. Thank you, Paul, yeah. who are mm -hmm. actually there and have uh, uh, like the work of, of the people that own the places <laughs> yes. we're going to put equipment yeah so what yes. what exactly is so the biggest uh, the, the biggest cha the biggest challenge uh, what we uh, what we're seeing here is uh, with 5g what 5g actually means in more technical terms is more new frequency bands are being added and when we add more frequency band that means we're adding more equipment at mm -hmm. a site so the number of hardware pieces at a site is increasing, although we are doing, Ericsson is doing a fantastic job in you know, consolidating some of this hardware by deploying dual band radios and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, uh, the, the overall equipment being installed at a site is increasing, uh, which needs a lot more horsepower to run. So we need new cabinets, we need new power systems. And uh, these systems have to be very efficient because uh, of higher power consumption. It's not only it uh, affects the operator's OPEX in terms of power, uh, you know, um, uh, charges, but also impacts the environment uh, with respect to heat dissipation and so on and so forth. So sustainability is also a very important angle that we need to look into. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, just to, to recap a little bit there, the, when you say enclosures, Perhaps we should explain what an enclosure is. What's an enclosure? Well, it, uh, I suppose it is what it says on the tin, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is made out of tin and uh, steel and so on and so forth. Yeah. But an enclosure is uh, a, a piece of equipment that has uh, the necessary uh, power systems to power up the radios that are mm -hmm. on top of the tower, closer to the antennas. Uh, there are battery systems inside that to make sure that when, when there are power outages, which is quite infrequent here in the U.S., and in North America, but whenever they do happen, we have uh, backup power uh, mm -hmm. to keep those radios functional. So an enclosure is a system where, which can, consists of power, uh, power plant, backup systems, and also our basebands, which basically is the heart and soul of a cell site, which, uh, which does all the processing and scheduling. So the basebands are also placed inside the enclosure. And these are mm -hmm. those gray boxes that you see as you drive down a road, Anywhere you see a tower, uh, you see a bunch of antennas and radios on top of the tower. When you look straight down, you'll see these grey boxes, and those are the enclosures that I'm talking about. Yeah, and they of course have, they of course have that really basic but really important function of keeping the equipment 
like dry and warm and away from the you know the rain, the snow, and the showers. We don't want it too warm. No, we, well, want we don't want it <laughs> to warm. <laughs> 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 so, but you're right. So, <laughs> so safe environment yeah. for the active electronics. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean the just as you said, like the the that there are batteries there. Of course, whenever a power outage happens, it's super important that you have battery backup because that's when when people want need to use their phone and call like. The power company or, or yeah, the, the, yeah, the yes. emergency service, uh, yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. So very, very important equipment there. So when you have this radio site that has that is next to a tower, what can people see something when so that they can see that it's 5G on this site? Will people see some changes? There are different deployments. A little bit depends on what type of frequency bands that are being deployed mm -hmm. and what type of technology that particular operator chooses to deploy. So you could be either uh, completely stealth. You wouldn't see anything at all that would, let's say, notice that this is a 5G site. Mm -hmm. As we have the Ericsson radio system supporting 5G since 2015 of deployed and installed hardware, you can actually do a software installation and then you are 5G, then you're running 5G. Hmm. Uh, however, there is also, let's say, as uh, Shashi was into, is to deploy new frequency bands. And if this is uh, within, let's say, a high capacity area, you most probably adopt to new technologies as well with uh, AAS, uh, massive MIMO type of radios, have a little bit different type of form factor. So if you have a trained eye, I would say, yes, you are able to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there can also be uh, a change, of course, is that you are at the same time building for an LTE capacity growth. So there is going to be things happening on the cell site uh, in order to, to capture and handle the 4G traffic growth in combination with adding 5G mm -hmm. and adding 5G most probably on new frequency bands because you want to add more, more frequency uh, in the air for capacity. Yeah. And and the, the the massive MIMO antennas you talked about, they're the ones which are like more squarish. More, more squarish yeah. Yes. So rectangular, normally not very thick, uh, but not these grip, the, the long lozenge things. No, which not the classic ones that we have yeah. had the last 20 years uh, pointing in, let's say, what we call low band and yeah. high band by that, by that time. But yes, so you're right. Mm. There is, maybe I should just say that because I uh, think there is a trend, there is a requirement or demand from the from the market, from from landlords, from customers, uh, want to go into a higher integration level because the visual pollution is a little bit cumbersome with adding more and more antennas per sector. Mm. Uh, might look a bit odd uh, in a city or in a suburban environment uh, where uh, we then go into a higher integration level where we actually also then can integrate a massive MIMO new antenna in the same antenna radom or the plastic uh, front cover of the mm. passive antenna. Yeah. Yeah. So then you do more of a stealth, uh, tighter yeah. integration of the new 5G radius. Mm. And, and of course, we're at, at these big antennas these days, they're not, not necessarily single band either. You can have multiple bands, Absolutely. Pass passive antennas yes. and active antennas in, in the same radio. So that happens also in parallel that you want to have uh, more transmit and receive branches from your 4G radios in order to increase capacity. And that rather often, let's say, that comes with also modernizing the antenna to more capable antennas. 
So, so I've, I've, I've got a question. We, we talk with a lot about with 5G that, uh, particularly with the higher bands, that we're going to need more sites to mm. actually introduce, uh, uh, a, a, you know, to get coverage at the higher frequencies. Yes. W what sort of sites are we talking about there for those? Because if we, we really can take we can take North micros. America as an example, yeah. where the new frequency band in North America is mainly in what we call the millimeter wave band. Uh, high band, 28 or 39 gigahertz, with rather high uh, penetration loss in the air, so you have very short coverage. But at the same time, these bands have enormous bandwidth, so you have a uh, fantastic capacity. But on the negative say, side, let's say, is then the, the reach uh, of the millimeter wave or high frequency bands. So then, primarily, I would say these new sites are then below rooftops. Mm. Utility pole, lamp pole sites, strand type of, of mm. mounts uh, closer to the end user. Mm. That is then more directly connected to that particular frequency band that are then in North America ma mainly on the higher high frequency bands. If you look in uh, Europe, other parts of the world is more into the mid-band frequency around, let's say, 3.5 gigahertz. And th then you normally start on the macro layer. Mm. I refer to that as uh, uh, above rooftop. So then you try to utilize the cell sites that you already have yep. in your network. So that's adding things to exist adding, existing yes. towers. Eventually also, of course, you need to uh, dense your network with, let's say, millimeter wave spectrum also in Europe in order mm. to cope with future capacity. Mm. So then we will see more street type of deployments also in rest of the world. In, in North America, we're starting off more below rooftop uh, due to the frequency band uh, situation. Because mm. that's the, now we've talked about the site as in like, oh, it's a place where the big mast or antenna. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's just one type of site and that one has there its special requirements. But you also have these sites, as you say, in buildings, on rooftops, and I guess also covering then the streets, but they're all connected absolutely. to yes. a site. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, maybe I should first add in that uh, in the North America case with a high frequency bands is then the new frequency bands being deployed below rooftop. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the operators that have uh, Eric's radio system equipment installed can also do the software installation mm -hmm. into existing radios. So then you get 5G on the low bands, which means that you get a fantastic coverage. Mm then you are able to reach um, many, many subscribers with your 5G proposition, basically day one. Mm. Um, but, but you're right, there are, there are uh, let's say, more and more uh, new, new cell site types needed. Mm -hmm. And we want to blend in so the, let's say, the end user shouldn't see it at all. Mm. That's, the, that's the vision we have, basically, to do it as stealth as possible. Um, now, yeah. one of th one of the things I know that I've I've seen done is is like camouflaging antennas and stuff. Does that yes. happen a lot? Yeah, it's uh, it's happening a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's happening uh, very much, I would say, on the street sites, which are then below rooftop, where we want to camouflage, integrate as much as possible mm -hmm. into the city infrastructure. But also above rooftops, there are certain regulations in different countries where you are only allowed to have certain. Uh, number of antennas or it could be certain let's say squ square size of the antenna uh, pointing in a direction so then we also need to minimize we might want to 
uh, camouflage with the same type of color as the building have, for example. So yes, and that mm. that that we see more and more uh, around the world, absolutely. Mm. Mm. So more equipped. Just to, huh? yep. just, just, just to add to what Martin said, mm. I think urban, urban densification is happening at a very rapid pace, but at the same time, we are also uh, adding to the urban clutter. So one of the biggest focus areas for Ericsson has been how do we kind of ma- uh, manage this urban clutter. When I say urban clutter, you know, like Martin mentioned, uh, a lot of the uh, new sites are being deployed at street level or below the rooftop level. But you don't want it to look so ugly for the people who are just passing by and it becomes very obvious. So concealment is a huge focus. And uh, we have some fantastic products within our portfolio, like Pole, for example, and a few other products which we deploy. A lot of telco gear in public places where there are a lot of people walking up and down, but it doesn't look like a cell site at all. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a big focus area which uh, helps us to kind of deploy continue on this densification of network uh, in dense urban areas but doesn't add to the clutter yeah i will. think you need to to just quickly uh, explain what a pole vault is pole vault. wasn't uh, it a pole vault you <laughs> 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 like said like pole like pole vault yeah or light pole it kind of looks like a light pole, uh, you know, a street light. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks a little bit bigger. But uh, inside that light pole, you have antennas, you have radio systems, you have mm-hmm. uh, backhaul systems. It's all concealed inside. For a person who is passing by, he has absolutely, he or she has absolutely no idea what is inside that light pole. It looks like an advertising uh, advertisement billboard, for instance, with an LED panel and uh, showing some advertisements and maybe a light on the very top. So it kind of looks like, a, it doesn't look exactly exactly like a light pole it looks similar to a light pole so and that mm. basically achieves our objectives of concealing telco yeah. hardware yeah and, and we have and just also to, just to translate that into english that's a street light <laughs> <laughs> english english or american no, english english or irish english <laughs> We have to bridge the language gap lamp here. <laughs> yes, lamppost. Uh, but we also have uh, what we have talked about before, a pretty uh, cool area that you can go underground and have a, a manhole vault. A, a vault, right. what, we call, what <laughs> yes. we call the vault radio. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, so yeah. there uh-huh. can be sites everywhere around us. Absolutely, But yes. talking more about the, the specifics of the site, so... Now with uh, with service providers out there rolling out these this new equipment, what do they have to think about when it comes to the sites? What are they what are their requests? And perhaps we should go to Shashi first. What are they talking about? What what are what, what are they, what are looking, are they looking, for? looking for? Yeah, one of the biggest thing is how do I get permit uh, from the local city uh, authorities? Because many of these new sites, and we are talking about new brand new sites being deployed. Uh, it, it takes a very long period of time for the operator to get permit to allow them to build that site because you have to you have a lot of uh, agencies that you have to seek approval and that is one of the biggest challenges the operator face here in north america is that process can take anywhere between you know 6 months to 18 months a long period of time and uh, we are trying our uh, ericsson is trying by working with the operators and the agencies to see how we can narrow that time down now why is it Take, why does it take such a long period of time to get permits? It's because these sites are being deployed where 
it's not like in a remote area it's in a place where there are a lot of people walking around there's this uh, you know emission um, uh, concern there are issues with you know just uh, you know the aesthetics of that place so on and so forth so there are various different angles that we have to kind of play around with mm-hmm. so that is one of the biggest challenges is getting site permits as we call it once the site permit is uh, uh, received the next biggest challenge is backhaul or front haul trying to run the fiber to that particular site just imagine your uh, say in manhattan or a- any of these big cities very high profile cities you don't want to dug up the whole street to lay a fiber it takes a long mm-hmm. time that again is a, a, another delay because there are different agencies that you need to involve yeah. just so getting to, just to uh, to stop with they were very briefly back all and front all that's that's how you get the data traffic from the site mm-hmm. back into the network yes well, so uh, once the base station or the cell site is able to process the data it has to send it back to the core where where it is then redirected to wherever the data is supposed to go so that happens uh, in two ways either through fiber or wirelessly uh, the most reliable and the biggest bandwidth is if you do it through the fiber which is the most preferred approach that operators have mm. That well, is that's, second that's, that, I, I wouldn't say that's entirely 100% correct. <laughs> My recollection from working with fibre is that the biggest challenge with fibre is when people dig up the street and break yeah, the yeah. cable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah. that's something that doesn't happen with the microwave link. So there is uh, pros and cons there. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, another issue that might uh, be on the uh, service provider's mind is, uh, of course, site security. How, how are they thinking about that? So security in terms of theft control and uh, you know mitigating theft because any time a particular site is vandalized that site is down for a period of time mm-hmm. and uh, subscribers are directly impacted by that so what we are doing as part of our smart connected site initiative is to add uh, sensors motion detectors cameras as part of the base station deployment the the cabinet that we uh, described earlier will actually come with these pieces of equipment already pre-installed so we will be able to have visibility at a site 24/7 remotely and if something were to happen there's alarming and things like that that can be put in place to deter that vandalism mm. Mm? how about uh, like people wanting access to different parts of the sites I mean, not all the equipment on the site might be from one provider. Yes, that's another big challenge. Uh, is uh, every site is made up of multiple vendors, antenna for from one vendor, the cable system from another, the enclosures uh, from another. So that is certainly a challenge from an operator's perspective because they don't have a single uh, unified platform where they can read all that data. And the way we are trying to solve that problem is is, is to create a, a system within our smart connected site portfolio, which can talk to these different uh, vendor equipment, whether it's a diesel generator, whether it's a battery backup system, or a monitoring system, what have you, and bring it all back to our uh, to our EMS system into the NOC. So that's another uh, initiative that uh, you know Martin has kicked off last year that we are we are trying to formulate that uh, as we go about uh, to bring this to the market. It's called okay. the smart connected site. Yeah. So and, this and is stuff that's coming up, Martin. Absolutely, yes. yes. We yeah. want to have, uh, and there's a need for uh, making the let's say uh, site passive part also connected. 
there is a lot of focus on the more let's say processing radio uh, operation and maintenance to those are of course very very critical for the traffic but also let's say non less traffic related items like battery backups you want to monitor today a little bit like a IoT system basically on your cell sites mm-hmm. with as Sashi says uh, uh, monitoring sensors we can also relay the battery backup status mm-hmm. with the actual consumption of the radio we can draw analytics to what type of let's say how many uh, ampere hours do I have left in my battery bank and what type of capacity do I, do I require in the air interface mm. what I- when a power outage happens I can control what type of traffic I still want to have and how much capacity I need mm. and, and let's say plan more effectively how long I, w- I can run on backup and, and data and statistics on power usage and absolutely exactly yeah. I can withdraw up to my network operation center uh, online online data what the consumption is on the whole site or per individual component or module on the site so more and just a quick comment uh, uh, I, I forgot uh, in line with the theft control we're also introducing something called e-locks electronic locking system what happens in historically is our cabinets have locks and they have keys and these keys are easily duplicated. We are trying to get away from all this manual process by doing something called e-locks where you control just like our badge here, uh, the badge that we use to enter our premises. We have a system where in this, uh, the operator person who is on the site can access that cabinet only if he has a certain access authority from the mm. lock. So yeah. we are ele- yeah. making it all digital and electronic. And the knock is the network's operation centre, which Martin mentioned earlier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is which is which is yeah, which is where the where the operators personnel sit that that are monitoring what's happening yeah. and and uh, man- managing the network. and just avoiding key management. What keys goes to different sites? This physical connection yeah. from a key to a cell site, uh, all that. Yeah. So operation wise, become yeah. much more efficient. Yeah, yeah just yeah. to put that in context, if you've got. If you've got a network with tens of thousands of sites and each one has a key somewhere yeah. and you send someone to go to site, they need to know who has the key, when, yeah. where do I go to find them, yeah. when, yeah, when are they available, how yeah. can I get on site to get in. So that, you know, just the simple physical access is a, is a big logistics problem. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps we should describe this network operating center a little bit more. So this is like a... At least illustrated, it's a big room with uh, lots of screens where yeah. the service providers are monitoring their network from yes, absolutely. Like, seeing how, how things are doing. And it feels like this, like having the site component more of like connected mm-hmm. is very like the 5G bringing this connected world. So yeah, yeah. Fi- yeah. like 5G sites are bringing this concept of having more uh, more connected and, and using the connections mm. and connected Absolutely. I think things. that's a good uh, description, actually. Mm. Yes, mm. absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I thought was pretty cool that, uh, that uh, I heard about before was also monitoring the things that are not there in the site. So, like, <laughs> how, much <laughs> how much space <gasps> do you have to oh, put in your things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes. How, I mean, you can have a list of stuff that is on the site, Uh but how do you know how, where, uh, if I have room to put uh, other stuff there? Absolutely. So we are exploring uh, sensors also inside the enclosures to 
give our service provider a better control of how much equipment is mounted, maybe also where, where in the rack is the equipment mounted, just to have uh, understanding for how much uh, equipment, as you say, can actually be housed there the coming years, mm. because you want to invest in, in, uh, in the infrastructure and grow with it and expand mm. the capacity. Uh, so it's uh, something you have for long on the cell site. Mm. Mm. So that I, if you don't have that, then of course you need to manually either take photos or document what type of equipment, how much equipment do I have on that particular site. And of course, if I then have 10,000 of sites, it's a bit of uh, administration of work to have good control <laughs> of what, uh, how much I have utilized. In my yeah. 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 So that, that sounded pretty cool, like a, a feature you don't really think about. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, right. Showing what is not there. Yes. <laughs> uh, but back to uh, what you talked about, energy efficiency. How is the energy efficiency of the sites going to be impacted by 5G? I think there is a growth uh, happening in relation to capacity. There is a capacity demand also in 4G. Uh, of course, adding 5G and, and then, as we have said uh, earlier, adding frequency bands naturally gives you that you add an additional radio. So by that means, I would say that uh, the, the energy uh, is, is going to go up. The, the demand for more energy will be there. And especially now in the beginning, we're starting with new technologies. There's new, new radios with uh, very advanced technologies being rolled out. And of course, they draw a little bit extra uh, power consumption. So my expectation is, yes, that, that the energy consumption will go up. However, in parallel with that, there is a lot of developments uh, making all the radios much more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. So there's, let's say, a contradiction between uh, the new stuff, maybe draw a little mm -hmm. bit extra, but the existing radios are also becoming much more energy efficient. So but there is, of course, a trade-off then uh, how much new frequency bands you start adding. Uh, but there is, with our Ericsson radio system, uh, using the latest radios uh, and modernizing, of course, the, let's say, maybe installed radios the last five or six or seven years, taking care of the network and modernize to the latest gears, you can, of course, uh, get a very good uh, energy efficiency. Mm. You don't mm. have to, let's say, linearly grow with the capacity demand. Yeah, but I, th but I think it's true to say that the, the way that you run a radio for 5G, the, it has you know, mechanisms that the, the mechanisms that use on the other interface means that it can be more energy efficient than a 4G radio. Oh, absolutely. With beam forming, you can steer the beam and, you, and let's say make use out of that beam in a, in a certain particular part of the cell. Yeah. So there you have a naturally inbuilt energy efficiency type of uh, yeah, uh, but employment, I'm, you could say. And yeah, of course, but, you're but I'm thinking more in terms of the way that you do synchronization and, and signaling. And, information that, oh, that, that you're right that, that the yes. 5g radio when it doesn't have anything to say it's it's a lot quieter and uses a lot energy yeah. than a 40 than a 40 radio absolutely but then also have in mind that the new frequency bands of 5g are the new bands are much wider so you're sending uh, like eight times or ten times capacity on such a band compared to the bands that you have for 4g today yeah. so i would say that Deploying 5G uh, gives you tremendous amount of capacity. So then we need to look at uh, power consumption or energy efficiency per gigabit 
of data capacity uh, possibilities then on these sites. Yes. So then, then you could say that it doesn't really grow in relation to the gigabits. The gigabits grow much faster in capacity compared to, let's say, the energy efficiency or the, mm. the power the consumption. Power consumption. Power consum yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's correct, Martin. I think I was I was just going to make a comment uh, very similar to what yours, but uh, I, I think we get uh, too consumed by the fact that there are going to be a lot more 5G radios deployed and therefore the energy consumption is increasing. While that is true, uh, we have to look at uh, energy consumption from a different angle now. We should be looking at what's consumed per uh, megahertz of bandwidth available. So if you use that metric, we actually see that the energy consumption is kind of pretty much the same or even going down because like to Martin's point, the millimeter wave or the high band spectrum are very, very broad. We're talking about 100, 200, and 400 megahertz of bandwidth. And the amount of data that you can pump through that is huge compared to the lower bands with only say 20 megahertz uh, of mm. uh, bandwidth. Mm. So that is one angle. The other angle also is our software has become much more smarter now. We have features wherein we can actually sleep or uh, take a sector down if uh, the system finds that there's no traffic on it. In the good old days, uh, all the radios were blasting at full power, no matter what the traffic was. But now we have uh, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, paradigms in our software that can detect that, okay, this particular sector is actually not carrying any traffic. Let me reduce the power. Mm which means lesser power consumption. So the, uh, our software is becoming intelligent as well. Yeah. And with this, these new features that you were talking about, Martin, that you can actually measure mm. the amount of energy consumption from different parts of the site, it can also be like at the control of the service providers. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Then you can more, let's say, uh, also maybe with machine learning, but you can set up scripts to know what the type of uh, radius for how long would you like to run them on battery backup. So you have a much more, let's say, control. And I think everything is basically connects to data. You want to have as much data as possible to, to draw conclusions, what to do and how to act uh, and plan for, let's say, expansions of these cell sites as well. Mm. Just as we have a few more minutes. Is there anything else that we should cover? I think we have covered most of it, maybe. Yeah. There, are, there are other things happening also. Mm. I, I just thinking about this um, uh, battery backups again. That is, let's say, the, the onboarding of lithium uh, mm. with uh, like utilizing maybe the car industries and so forth. We see a growth with lithium backup which is uh, much more uh, uh, higher density, so less weight less space required for the for the battery backup mm. and also connecting that the, those batteries are smart they are mm. connected from the beginning so we have much better operational maintenance and can withdraw data from these batteries and we can also steer them in a very controlled and uh, safe way uh, but but it, it, it uh, gives um, uh, good space uh, savings but it also gives extremely good um, uh, recycling so the, the lifetime of these lithium batteries are much longer than classic uh, lead acids. Okay. So that's also, um, let's say, the telecoms using other industries and let's say can ride on the evolution of uh, electric cars, for example. Mm. Yeah, and I and know also you have had uh, successful uh, trials of uh, solar powered sites absolutely, uh, yes. and, and stuff like that. So I guess tho those areas we should dive deeper into in an upcoming podcast, Paul. 
what do you say? Sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll find, exciting uh, times. We'll, we'll yes. find somewhere nice and sunny we can go and uh, see if we can <laughs> do a site visit to some yeah. solar panels. Yes. <laughs> or we just uh, talk about uh, energy efficiency in ICT. That will be upcoming. a good topic. Yeah. yeah. An upcoming and hot topic. Hot topic. Mm? In the sunshine. In the sunshine, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Martin and Shashi, uh, for joining us and uh, briefing us, us on 5G sites. What's so special about them? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone there, for listening. And if you've got thank any you. questions or uh, any comments, then you can contact us at... 5G podcast at ericsson.com. 5G podcast in one word at ericsson.com. Thank you so much for this time. And, and bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you.